You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. Thank you for joining us, dear listeners. You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, Nerd Noise Game Club. Today's podcast is C2R3 for our Wayback Wednesday date something, something, something. Well, it'll release on a Wednesday in December. That's all I know. Uh, today is our annual retrospective of the previous year. So the, that hence the weird numbering, uh, Channel 2 Retrospective 3. This is our Season 3 in review. And as always... I'm joined by Hugh. How's it going? Good, good. I already lost track of, of, of that. But okay, 
all good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, some no, no, at least yeah, one listener best, cares. Like a, yeah, it's like the best of episode. I, I always like where where uh, shows wrap up with like a best of episode at the end of the year. Well, yeah, and that's exactly what this is. So let's, you know. Just like episode 14, we're both kind of racing the clock a little bit, so if the conversation seems a little punctuated, that's why. Uh, why don't we get right to business, Hugh? Why don't you tell everyone what you've been doing the past few weeks, uh, how things are going? Oh, geez, what have I been doing the past few weeks? Um, just trying to get out my annual uh, Christmas features on my little website. Mm. Um, every year, I try to put out a couple seasonal features because, um, I don't know, I, I think it's fun. Maybe other people do. Um, if nobody visits, that's fine too. I, I don't care. Um, but I put out two new old catalog scans. So I put out uh, Electronics Boutique November 2003 catalog. So if you like you know, GameCube PS2 era catalog stuff that's out there. Shocking to me that, that the GameCube in 2003 was already $99. It was really that cheap that quick. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've still not personally seen a PlayStation Five in a store. <laughs> well, I was that. I guess that that precludes my asking that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. Still, still not personally seen one. I did go looking for the portable PS Five thing in case I ever do find a PS Five, then I can play it on the couch. You know, but I guess that's sold out everywhere too. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, wait I didn't check Craigslist yet, but. Yeah, I'm going to wait for the price to. to come down on that, I think. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one I posted was uh, December 1994 catalog. Okay. So, so that's end of the 16-bit era. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty cool because, like, you know, this is the year before you have Windows 95 and PlayStation and Saturn and all that stuff. So it's really, like, the the last time you will see, like, a, a Christmas-themed catalog that's all, like, Genesis, Super Nintendo, Sega CD... A little bit of 3DO, a little bit of Jaguar in there. Sure, sure. Well, uh, we'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes. I always do. I always do. I, I, I really hope people will come check out your site. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, check it out or or don't. You know, I always joke on the site because like, I don't have ads or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the more people that visit, it's like the more visits I get, the more it costs me. It's the other way around. Mm, mm. Um, so we although, actually don't want to send a flood your way no no go ahead and send a flood it's still I, the way I have it set up it's super cheap to host okay 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 what have you been up to well so if I sound different it's because I'm joined by another guest besides you today I am on uh, round three of COVID-19 so yeah i i don't know why i mean we we are pretty safe you know we're, we're not out there doing crazy things you know uh you know joe my wife jody likes to joke that we're not out there like licking doorknobs and stuff you know which that's bad advice no matter what so you don't need a pandemic to think that you know for that to be a bad idea this one if i were to rank them I would say this has actually been the gentlest round so far, but it's also been the one that stuck around the longest. I, I took my first test on Monday. I was positive. I took a test yesterday and I was still positive. Uh, I'll take a test today. And if I'm not, if I'm still positive, then I might be looking at even more time out of work. You know, I mean, I, I'm burning through the last of my vacation, but at least I think I should be able to get paid for everything. 
you know, knock on wood. Yeah. So I'm not feeling bad. I, I know I sound, you know, uh, sexier than usual, I guess we'll say. <laughs> but, and also, also uh, for reasons I'll get to in just a second, I'm doing something a little different with the mic. Uh, the, the Shure SM7B has a presence boost option that I have been using this entire time and I've actually turned it off uh, for, for reasons. Uh, let's see, what have I been up to? Well, I've been, you know, what free time I've had has mostly been going into getting the the spreadsheet done so I can start working on the Channel 1 retrospective because that's way more work than this episode. And I think I've, I've got my 50. I don't have it sorted into run order yet, but at least I've got my 50 identified now. So the rest should go pretty quickly. I did have a chance to... So I, I've been talking about this for a while. Everyone, all the listeners know this has been coming, but it finally happened. Way back in, I think it was... April or March or May, one of those months, Brent Weinbach of Legacy Music Hour came to town and did a stand-up show at, ISU, at the ISU campus. And a couple weeks back, a few weeks back, I finally made good on meeting up with Adam Fraser and Elijah Moore at the radio, sta- the radio studio up there in Ames at the ISU campus, and we recorded two episodes back-to-back. We re- first, we recorded an episode of Elijah's show, Spotlight ISU, where he interviews people. And so I was in the guest seat. You know, I spent the first 50 minutes talking about Nerd Noise Radio, more or less, and then the next 40 minutes or so talking about my ADHD journey. And it's, so it's funny, an hour and a half, and it was essentially two topics. And uh, I thought that went really well. Uh, for people who know, people who remember me talking about wanting to start ADHD, you can think of this episode as the unofficial launch of ADHD. Because I, I, I really think that that conversation, I mean, the conversation about Nerd Noise Radio was good, but I think the conversation about my neurodivergence was really, really good. And so uh, I've, I'll put a link in the show notes to this episode, even though I've already shared it everywhere. And if you haven't checked it out, you know, hey, let me know what you think, especially if you are on the spectrum. Uh, tell me how I did, you know, this is my first kind of real opportunity to, to represent this thing. And, uh, you know, let me know how I did. If, if you, if you have bad words for me, be gentle, (laughs) but, but give them to me anyway. Don't pat, you know, don't, don't sugarcoat it. Um, and then 10 minutes after we hit stop on the recording for spotlight, we hit start on the recording in the same room with the same people and recorded an episode of Nerd Noise Radio because they did a chip tribute album called Time and Place. And so we we featured the entire album. We interviewed uh, Adam and Elijah about it. It was actually a ton of fun. Uh, I had a real blast with that. But it was to go to have the to go from being a guest to being a host in a span of 10 minutes was such a mental shift that I felt it physically. And it's, so it's actually fun to go back and listen to those two episodes because, like, I've got one side of my brain going and then I've got the, the other side of my brain going. And it's just really weird to watch that whole thing happen. But the reason why the mic is relevant is because the Shure SM7B is one of the top two most popular mics for radio and podcasts. I think it's number one for, I think it's number one for streaming and podcast number two for professional radio. Uh, the other one is the Electrovoice RE20. And I've always wanted to record on an RE20 to see how it sounds. Because the SM7, the dynamic is the SM7B is a more natural, lifelike, true-to-life sounding mic. Uh, whereas the RE20 is a lot more colored. But it's it's got that kind of radio sound so much better than the SM7B does. And so I'm like, I really, I really, ever, ever since I, after I bought the SM7B, I started researching the RE20. And I'm like, oh God, I hope I didn't make the wrong choice. I hope I didn't buy the wrong $400 mic. And, uh... I, 
I had a chance to use the RE20 because that's what they use at the radio station. And I think it sounds great. I, I'm still torn. I'm still on the fence, which mic I think I sound better on. I've talked to people. Uh, there are people in the in the, VG, the VGM podcast community. Uh, uh, Utopia Nemo is the one who's been the most the, the best at giving me feedback. And he says, you sound great on both mics. I, with a thinner voice, would need the RE20. So... But I'm, I'm still tempted to buy the RE20. It's a $450 mic. Uh, add an extra 100 bucks if I want the boom stand, you know, the boom thing for it. But I'm still tempted to buy it. So anyone listening who cares at all about that, please listen to the Ames episodes. Listen to one of these and give me feedback. Hey, John, I think you should be using the SM7B. Save your money. John, I think you really need that RE20. So I'm, I'm, I'm borderline desperate for feedback because I can't make up my own mind on this one. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I have to do besides besides shouting out Adam and Elijah and, and the Ames episodes and their album Time and Place is I've got two two name drops I need to do. And then, well, okay, I'll get that out of the way. So in my making, you know, making friends with the autism and ADHD community, I've connected with Dr. Alondra Rogers, who wrote a book. It's uh, it's it's uh, meeting yourself in the dark. It's shadow work. You ba it's basically a journal where you journal about yourself, but with an autism and ADHD and neurodivergence focus. I bought that book. I looked through all the prompts. It's great. I haven't started writing it yet because I'm terrified of what I'm going to meet. <laughs> you know, I'm terrified of what I'm going to find of myself in the shadows. So I, I, I will get to that as soon as possible. As soon as I can muster the courage to do that, Alondra. But the problem isn't your book. Your book is fantastic. And so I, I can recommend this book for anyone and everyone. I'll put an Amazon, a link to it on Amazon in the show notes. And then one name I meant to mention in the last episode that I didn't is Brooke Schnittman, also known as Coaching with Brooke. She's an ADHD coach. She does this professionally, but she also has Instagram and YouTube and all this stuff. And I wanted to make sure I got that name in there. I have been communicating with Brooke as well. In fact, that conversation I mentioned having with my doctor about, hey, maybe I should just trust this old ADHD diagnosis. I had that conversation with Brooke first and she said the same thing. And so she deserves a shout out and now she's got it. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes here is we are recording on December 10th which is the precise 30-year anniversary of the release of Doom. Okay. Isn't that I, crazy? I probably should have known that, but yeah, okay. <laughs> See, I was fully expecting you to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I have an article halfway down on my website no, about that. No, I've, I, uh, I, Doom is a topic that has been covered thoroughly enough that I've never really considered writing anything about it. Okay. You know, okay. I, I tend to write about games that, you know, I, I can't find a guide for online. Okay. You know, so that's why I wrote like a guide to Splash Lake, you know, which, which I think we talked about last episode because we we did. I'm like, no, but there's no fact for Splash Lake on the internet. Okay, fine. Yeah, but okay, admit it, Hugh. How cool is it that even in this really obscure way, you are the number one search on Google for for, for Splash Lake? Yeah, I know that's that's very impressive. I'm sure the one person a year searching for that will uh, will be very happy they found it. Yeah, but I mean, how many people are ever at the top of their own search? Like, if I even were to do a Google search for my name, I probably would not be the first John Wedgworth that comes up. Um, well, hold on. New incognito window. John <laughs> Wedge, W-O-R, let's see if I spelled it right. <laughs> are you a technical services manager in Texas? See, I told you I wouldn't be the first one to come up. Are, are you a standout 
football player class of 2026? Absolutely am. <laughs> uh, do you, okay, hold on. Number three. Uh, John Wedgworth. Um, oh, this is a obituary. Okay, so you don't want that one. No. Fourth one obituary. Although, while you're looking real quick, uh, like 15 years ago, it was an internet trend to Google search your own name and see what happened. And I found a headstone for a John Wedgworth. The last name was spelled slightly different. It didn't have the E in Wedge. And the middle name was like something weird, like G-U-I-S-E or something. I don't even know how to pronounce that, right? Yeah, yeah, there it is. It is the first image result. I see it. Okay, that dude's day of death is my exact day of birth. Oh, jeez. Isn't that wild? That... <laughs> Yeah, so it's possible that... Uh, oh, the day, not the date. Right? No. Uh, well, if we're talking about the same person, he he died on February 3rd, 1980. Oh, okay. So there's a different headstone that comes up now as the first image result. Gotcha. Okay. This is right. for a John Wedgworth who died September 11th, 1824. I look really good for my age. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> but there's others. I, could, I think I could probably find the one that, that you're talking about. Uh, Google Images, I think your, assume it's your Facebook picture, is like 12th. Wait, no. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, maybe 10. My Facebook picture is the uh, Netflix, or I'm sorry, not, not Netflix, uh, Netscape logo, the little oh, animation uh, icon. You know what? That, that kind of doesn't look like you. Never mind. Okay. Okay. But see, yeah, the point okay. stands. I mean, I am... I Google search my name and I'm not number one. But if you search Splash Lake, you are number one. Oh, really? I've never done that, actually. Well, no, no. Splash Lake Review. I'm sorry. The thing we looked up last time. Splash you know. Lake Video Game. Uh, no, you're not I'm number number two after the Wikipedia article. Okay. Just do oh, Splash Lake. We'll see. Like. See? So there you go. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. Well, okay. So, so let's... Okay, the very last thing I'll say before we get on is, anyway, all that talk about the, the mics and the ISU thing is why I turned the presence boost off on the SM7B, because I like, there's things I like about the RE20 sound, there's things I like about the SM7B sound. I'm thinking if I turn off the presence boost, it's either going to get me a best of both worlds or a worst of both worlds. And we're going to test it using this episode. And if it's the latter, well, then I might make a purchase. If it's the former, then I'm set for life. So, okay, so... The way this episode is going to work, it's going to work the same as all of our previous retrospective episodes, but that's a little different than normal episodes. So if you're new, if you're a new face in the crowd, what we're, what we did is we each picked a wild card. Hugh's wild card is what's opening the episode. My wild card is what's going to end the episode. And then in between, we're taking two trips through history. Uh, the first trip through history is going to be nothing but tracks that Hugh brought to the program. We're going to have per episode, one Hugh track that I picked for the retrospective and then one that he picked. And then we'll work our way through the five episodes and then we start time over and we work through the episodes again featuring tracks that I brought to the episode originally. And of course, Hugh will have one pick of those and I'll have one pick. So it's it's weird. It's kind of like, you know, your Hugh pick mm -hmm. is zero thirds me. Your my my Hugh pick is one thirds me. Your John pick is two thirds me, and then my John picks are three thirds me. I, I, that's, that's just the way right. my brain works. But uh, so so that's the way the episode's going to work. So we're taking two trips through history, and then at the very very end, I'll have my wild card to take us out. So why don't you tell the tens and tens of listeners what uh, what we're opening with? That, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, oh yeah, from the town house music episode, right? Is that the one we picked? Yes. yes. Uh, Octopath Traveler, my my quiet forest home. This was a, a one I picked, and this was my my wild card just because, um, 
it's a nice relaxing tune. I thought it'd be a good opener. I think it's a beautiful opener. I think. And did you mention the composer? I, I didn't catch that. I did not. Uh, uh, Yasunori Nishiki. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I like opening tracks that are either beautiful and ambient like this, or tracks that just like hit you the ground running. Mm-hmm. And and we mostly do ground running opening tracks, so it's really nice to kind of have this beautiful little lead in to this uh, this show that's you know more important than a typical show because it's a year in review. Mm-hmm. I love the twinkly pianos. You can see the twinkle of the snow in the stage in your head when you hear those twinkly pianos. It, it is, yeah, it does. It, it fits the, the setting very well. I don't know if you played the game or not, but it's... Uh, all, all the towns have themes that, you know, fit the atmosphere extremely mm-hmm. well. Yeah, uh, well, I won't I won't belabor this because we talked about it in the main episode. And that's another thing, too. We're going to try to retread as few steps as possible on these tracks. So we, it'd still behoove you to go hear those original episodes. Yes, I did play Octopath Traveler. I got through everyone's chapter one. And then there was that huge difficulty spike. And then I kind of stalled out. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I got through. I think I said it on the previous episode. I got through four of the stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, moved on to... It does get very difficult, so I, I didn't complete. There's a, apparently some sort of uber boss if you do all the stories. Yeah, probably. No, there is. I, I looked this up. Oh, you did? Okay. Worth, okay. Yes, to see if it was worth playing through. Okay, okay. <sighs> Maybe someday I'll come back. I mean, I'm getting so buried under other games. <laughs> well, is there anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to get no, into the no, proper let's get into episode? The, let's get into the rest of the tracks. It's, yeah. Okay. Well, so... The way we did the picks is on Hughes' tracks, I got to pick first. And so he was only able to pick from his the leftovers that I hadn't picked. And then we did the exact opposite when it was my tracks. So the first track selected from Hughes for the episode from C2E11, it's space time, was a track called Asteroid Core from The Dig on the PC. Oh, no, I didn't write down the composer information. Uh. Oh, it's okay. We'll 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 scramble we'll scramble search for that while that's playing and then we'll have that on the flip side. So let's check it out.
Okay, and that's Asteroid Core from The Dig. Tell the listeners why, what was going, what was the inspiration behind picking this track? Oh, boy. This was like eight months ago now. Hold on. That's that's true. That's true. Like ten months ago. I, I think it's that I was looking at space-themed games. I happened to have a copy of the soundtrack and was curious about it. Okay. Um, I remember leafing through it. It was hard to find an original track, though, because the number of songs from it are, um, like, instrumental, like, classical pieces. Okay. Or, or partially, you know, adaptations of classical pieces, if I remember right. That's right. This one was a standout, that it was ambient. We joked about it at the yeah. time. We said this was a John pick done by Hugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just uh, something I thought fit the theme really well. It's yeah. as much as I can remember. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I really like this track. This was, I mean, there were multiple good tracks on that episode, but I like this track so much. This was one of the easier picks for me for this episode. Well, I don't have anything else to say about it, though. Let's go to your first Hugh track. So I picked uh, Alien 3, uh, a song just called Track 4 by Matt Furness. And I believe this is the Game Gear version of the game. And here it is. Thank you. 
Alright, Alien 3. This is a game that, uh, I definitely like the soundtrack more than the game itself. Okay. Uh, clearly set in space, you know, being that it's a, a space-themed episode. And just a, a fun track. I really, really enjoyed this one. Especially, you know, for being on smaller hardware. That was a pretty impressive job. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. Well, you know, almost everything Matt does is fantastic. He's one of, he's one of my all-time favorite composers of EGM. And uh, so, a couple thoughts here. First of all, I'm, this sounds mono to me, so this probably actually would be Master System. Because that's, okay. that's really the difference. So far as I know, the only sound difference between the two systems is the Game Gear was stereo. Okay. Yeah, I wrote down in the notes. I'm like, wait a minute. This is this is probably stuff from like months ago. I, I can't remember which version I used. But yes, I think you're right. The sound hard. The, the game's you know Master System Game Gear. It's almost the same hardware, but I, I agree the sounds a little different. Mm -hmm. Well, and and not the last episode, but two episodes ago, where we featured that really abrasive uh, X Men Two track, and I talked about the the weird sound mode, the fuzzy sound mode. This track is using that. Okay, okay, I, I see that, what you're talking about. This is that fuzzy noise, the special mode I was talking about. So, yeah, yeah, I, when, I fa when I discovered this exact sound on the, the Genesis game, I'm like, oh my god, this is so amazing, I've never seen this used in a Genesis game before, so it was really cool. Really fun track, really cool use of the sound hardware, one of my favorite composers. Uh, the game, I've only ever played the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis versions. Now, I realize that the Super Nintendo version is the outlier, and literally every other version is just some version of the Genesis game, including yeah. this one. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually like it. I mean, it's not when I fire up. I fire it up maybe once every two years or so. <laughs> but yeah. I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it. So, but if... Are you ready to go to the next episode? Well, actually... Yeah, we'll, yeah let's, let's, let's move on to... She's maybe my favorite episode of the year. Oh, house music? Yeah. The well, style of music I, I put on. I, I have video game like town music as a genre, right? Okay. Um, and it's probably the type of music I put on most often when I'm trying to get like um, mentally challenging work done. Okay. Well, there's this, there's definitely a vibe to it. Yeah. Not yeah. good for like going on the treadmill, but definitely good for <laughs> trying to solve a, a problem. Uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I'm the kind of guy that'll have a, a really spacey ambient piece on repeat one for days on end. So <laughs> it was one of the early, early things that made me suspicious I might be autistic. So, but okay. So now we're going to turn to uh, C2E12, which is our second episode of the year. It was a focus on music from houses and towns and stuff in in uh, in video games. It was Hugh's theme. It was he, he titled the episode "House Music," which I think was a hilarious. Hilarious title. It's, you know, it's it's ironically literal, which is the thing I tend to go for. So, my pick of Hughes tracks from House Music is Shenhua's House from Shenmue Two on the Dreamcast and Xbox. The list of composers is massive, so I'll have it on the flip side. But let's go ahead and give it a listen. Thank you. 
And this is Shenmue's house from Shenmue 2 on the Dreamcast. God, I love the amp- the atmosphere of this piece. I love what it does. I've never played... I didn't get very far in Shenmue 2. So I don't know what's happening in the game here. Do you know? I do not know. No, because I've not... Uh, I haven't actually played it. <laughs> okay. I finished the first game. Um, I have the... I have the... the not remake or whatever you would call it. I have the I have the version that is on modern consoles on PS4 now. Oh, okay. But I never okay. owned an Xbox. I owned no variants of an Xbox. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh. Yeah i I have I have technically played it. You know, I I legally can call myself a person who has played Shenmue Two, but I did not really play it. I I put maybe an hour into it, and that's it. So. So, yeah, I don't know, but what a beautiful track. I and it's just emotionally ambiguous enough that, you know, how who knows whether it was a happy moment or a sad moment. It feels like a serious moment at least. Yeah, I I'll go with serious, sure. Maybe it could just be you're just staying in the house, you know. I I don't know if um you know, in the first new game you do have a home. Sure. I don't know if you're crashing at this person's house or not. I I don't know what's going on. I like did did uh the, the lead character did he get like hotel or anything or is he just couch surfing in this game? <laughs> He's the dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't get far enough. I don't, or it's been long enough ago that I don't remember. So. We never mentioned the com- the list of composers. Yeah, it's a lot of them. You might need a separate episode for that. <laughs> no, I can handle it. Uh, okay, so we got Takenobu Mitsuyoshi, Yuzo Koshiro, Diuichi Iichi. I said that wrong. Diuichi Iichi, Takeshi Yanagawa, Satoshi Miya- Miyashita, Koji Sakura- Sakurai. Okay, Koji Sakurai. Uh, Masataka Nita, Shinji Otsuko, Fumio Ito, Megumi Takano, Osamu Murato, and or Shinichi Goto. So it's one of the, one of that army. And now I'm looking for the music for our next track, because that's one of the ones that we don't have in the notes. Music, okay, alright. I'm gonna break. Oh, did we miss the composer? Look at that. Yeah, no, I'll I'll just say the composers that you could do the rest of the introduction for that track. Uh, the composers of our next track are Izuho Takeuchi and or Masaki Nakagaki. So, what track did I just introduce for us? Uh, Dieselist Town from Fantasy Star Four on the Sega Genesis.
right, so this is uh, Dieselist Town, Fantasy Star 4. This also doubles for me as a Christmas song, because if you um, have played Fantasy Star 4, the, the towns on um, Dieselist, which is an, like an ice planet, mm-hmm. all look like Christmas time, because they have like evergreens with snow on them and snow everywhere. It's very, uh, very seasonal. It feels like Christmas. And by the time this episode comes out, it should be pretty close to Christmas. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, we did the Christmas episode like in our first season, so we did. Don't, don't want to revisit that. We can uh, we can maybe plan aim for next next year. So, by the way, I I'm wearing a I'm wearing a wonderfully hideous Christmas sweater for people who can't see. It's uh, I bought it on Merchoid. It's it's a uh, teletype. So the thing, the internet through the television pre-internet, basically. And it's got the, the famous guy, he's wearing a Christmas hat, it says Merry Christmas on the back. It has like Santa's schedule and like pictures of reindeer and stuff. It's, I think uh, ugly Christmas sweaters is, might be my next hyperfixation because now I'm wanting to buy all of them. I'm gonna go broke. <laughs> so, and then also uh, listeners, apologies about the composer name stuff. Oh. We discovered belatedly that a couple of our tracks didn't have composer information populated, so we kind of had to do a scramble on a couple of them. <laughs> so, so that's what that's about. I do love this track, though. And you're right. This feels Christmassy. This feels like the thing you could have playing uh, as your opening presents. I mean, I don't think people are more likely to do that than what I said about listening to Fishing for Seema on the boat last episode. But yeah, yeah. Anyone listening to this episode who decides to listen to this track on Christmas morning has to take a video with their phone and send it to us so we can talk, we could share that and you know all that stuff. So yeah, it's a, no nobody's going to do that, but yeah, <laughs> so if, if, if you if you decide to, if you do, we will give it the proper the proper attention. <laughs> so okay, let's. Uh, it's time to move on to our next episode. And this was a really big one. This was our uh, MoVGM episode. Oh, and I feel so... I owe everyone with MoVGM, I owe you guys an apology. When I was on the Ames episode, when I was on Spotlight, I talked about VGM podcast fans. I I name-dropped just a few shows, um, but I I talked about the scene at large and talked about how collaborative it was. I basically did everything except for mention the name MoVGM, but since I wasn't running on notes, I was just kind of running you know, on my random kind of head energy, which is always diminished under the pressure of a microphone, I failed to actually mention MoVGM. So my apologies for that. But our MoVGM episode was unsung and undersung composers, which was everyone's MoVGM episode this year. And my track from this episode of Hughes is a Yoshihiko Miyazaki track. It's Search Break from J.B. Herald Murder Club on the Turbo Graphics. So let's go ahead and check it out.
Okay, and that's Search Break from J.B. Herald Murder Club on the TurboGrafx-16. And uh, what you guys couldn't see is Hugh and I were actually both kind of bobbing our heads just a little yeah. bit. My favorite yeah. part, I mean, I love this vibe. I love the whole vibe of this track, but my favorite part is kind of that weird sound. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, this is like kind of used on like the save screen. Okay. It's, uh, you know, you go back to the station and you... Uh, there's like they call it investigation rest mode, and that's where you can kind of review evidence and save. It's most okay. of when you hear this. It's uh, there's there's a certain I don't have a word for it. There's a certain uh, je ne sais quoi to PC ninety eight and PC eighty eight music. I don't. Uh, it seems to transcend composers. It seems to transcend genres. There's just a certain vibe about it, and yeah. I and I definitely get that from this track. Yeah, this would have started as PC88. Okay. That was the first version of it. Okay. And this got ported. This I mean, this game got ported to a lot of stuff. Like it, it received a ton of ports, which is weird because it's not necessarily a great game. It's a game where you can get into like unwinnable states and you have to start over, but the game doesn't tell you you're in an unwinnable state. So, I, it's a little, it's a neat idea for a game, but it's also a little bit broken. Is this the, this game is a CD-ROM game on the TurboGrafx. On the TurboGrafx, yeah. I wonder if this is, are, and we're sure this is not just the PC-88 version we're hearing? Because this sure sounds uh, like OPN. No, I got it off, um, I can't remember where I ripped it from, but it was from the, the TurboGrafx version. I wonder if it was directly sampling the PC-88 soundtrack on the yeah. CD. I could have back, maybe. Okay. Well, okay. we could look that up another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what did I pick from that episode? Oh, uh, Azteca 2, Templo del Sol, which I believe translates to Temple of the Sun. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Takahiko Abe, who... Um, was an early composer, worked on some early stuff for Falcom, didn't do a lot of other stuff outside of that. Very, very small resume. That was, the, that was the theme of the episode, right? Obscure composer. Yes, yes, it was. Um, so let's, uh, let's fire that one up.
All right, Azteca 2, uh, released in the U.S. as uh, Tombs and Treasure on the NES. Not a super common game. Um, it's, it's very weird because you wouldn't know who developed it if you bought the U.S. version because it was ported by... Um, well, it wasn't ported, it was published by Infocom. Okay. And, you know, Infocom was famous for doing the Sork games. I think I mentioned this last time. They, they tried to get into the... Um, game publishing business and they picked up the rights to this game and the title screen basically just says Infocom all over it so you, you would think they developed this game sure I think what I think I, what I remember you saying at the time was it was very common for early Falcom games to to be for that to be buried yeah it was like, like fact, you know East on the Sega Master System just says Sega all over it sure sure or uh, Faxanadu right was yeah, it that? yeah, that was weird though because they didn't actually even they didn't even develop that game. Okay, right that that was more of like we have this action RPG franchise called Xanadu and we want to do a Famicom version and kind of someone else did that game. <laughs> that, that's a little bit of a different. That, that's a, a little more of an oddball case, but okay, um, you know it's like their IP, but it was it that one's kind of a mess, and that had like a real that had um. Oh shoot! They had like a, a composer who did a ton of other NES stuff on that one. Now, I think it was June Shikamura. Maybe I have to look it up. I probably got it wrong. Um, okay, but that—that's okay. a that also happens to have a great soundtrack. Um, but it's it's not by like their usual sound team. Okay, yeah, I remember the soundtrack for that game being good. It's now that I know that story, I can't look at the Fax Xanadu title and not think Faux Xanadu. Like it's missing a U. No, it's it's Famicom Xanadu is what it is. Ah, ah, gotcha. Okay, all right. That makes that makes sense anyway. Yeah, and it was, um, yeah, June Shikamore was the composer, and I, I don't remember if Falcom actually developed. Yeah, it was licensed by them to Hudson Soft, so Hudson actually developed it. Um, it's in the It's sort of in a similar style to the other. Xanadu games, but yeah, they, they licensed like the IP, you know, the, the name and stuff to Hudson, who actually developed the game. Okay, I see. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I'm glad I just threw out the name Faxandu like I knew what I was talking about. Now I actually oh. learned something. <laughs> Alright, well, let's move on to... What was the theme of the next episode? Escape um, Artists. Escape Artists, thank you. Sometimes yes. I look at the track name and I have to try and remember what was that about? Okay, yes, Escape Artists. Yes, so... My pick from Hughes Tracks from Escape Artists is Recollection from the game 999. You have to remind me what the nines are. Uh, nine persons, nine doors, nine hours. Okay, thank you. Maybe thank not you. in that order. Okay, so 999 on the Nintendo DS composed by Shinji Hosoi. Let's check it out.
Okay, and this is recollection from 999 on the DS. This is, you said this was a remin- kind of a reminiscence moment in yeah. the game. Yeah, like a flashback, you know, ex- you know, backstory kind of part. Okay, this, because, yeah, because I think I remembered mar- remarking about how how uncharacteristically gentle this sounded for a escape a death room game. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is a very violent game. I, I know I mentioned that in the episode. Mm-hmm. That I did enjoy the game, but if you don't like games that are a little bit on the, you know, gory side, you should probably avoid it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was... Um, that episode was pretty full of pretty intense music. I, like, I think... Well, your tracks were pretty... Your tracks were pretty. Uh, I mean, they were. They were. What am I, what's the word I'm looking for? They weren't outlandish like mine were. They were more yeah. accessible. You know what I mean? Like, you came off as the same person in that episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just brought all sorts of weirdness. And, you know, then, of course, I had the misfortune. Well, misfortune is not the right word either. I'm not complaining about the episode. I love the episode. I love the tracks. You know, I, I have a vein of musical fandom that's totally into like experimental and uh, artsy stuff. And we, I, I went more, I went, I kind of went noise crazy in that episode, but uh, I love those tracks. and I love that episode, but as a first impression to the show, maybe those tracks weren't the best of the year. <laughs> and, and yet I had the misfortune of that being the episode where I, you know, first announced my autism diagnosis. And so that's the episode I'm sharing with the autism community. And they're like, what the hell kind of music does John listen to when no one's looking? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so this was the second chillest track of the episode. Wouldn't you agree with that? Besides behind the Animal Crossing track? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we go to your uh, Hugh track from this episode? Yeah. I, I went with uh, much less chill. I went uh, with the. Uh, song Distrust from Danganronpa um, on many different systems. I wrote many for which system it's under. You can, you can uh, play it on many things. Yes, that's beautiful. Uh, it's all the same soundtrack, yes. It, yeah. And the com- composer is uh, Masafumi Takada.
Yeah, so this has a much more like you're going to die soon a vibe yes. to it. Yes. Yes. And this is uh This is far less of an outlier in terms of the musical selection on that episode. Yeah. 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 This is a fun track though. This is a fun track. And you said this was the first track you thought of when you were planning this episode. It was, yeah. It was one of what I've been thinking of using for a while. I mean, I was just trying to think what kind of theme fit, you know, around it. But it's fun. This yeah. series I had a lot of fun with. Um, yeah, again, maybe not for everyone. You know, it's kind of, you know, cartoony ultraviolence. Uh, <laughs> but it's good. You know, it's interesting. If you like, you know, if you like, uh, like I, I think I described it as like Ace Attorney, but kind of gory. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I mean, I've been... I've, I've been dancing around Danganronpa. I I really think I should maybe check it out. Is the first game the best one to start with, or? Yeah, yeah, they they actually are. There's a little bit of uh, continuity to the three games. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe next time it goes on sale on Steam, I'll pick it up. Yeah, it probably does go on sale. It's probably one of those games that uh, that, that goes on uh, on sale quite a bit. Cool, cool. Well, is there anything you want to talk about before we get to the final episode no, on our first pass through history? No, let's uh, let's get to it. Okay. Well, my so C two E fifteen Animal Planet uh, was the one that just came out of you know uh, last month. And, and if we were if you were to ask, so I'll ask you uh, if you were to say which. Well, you no no I don't need to ask you. You've already told us. Uh, your favorite episode for total music selection was twelve house music. Yeah. Okay. Mine was Animal Planet. Okay. So I think personally I think this was the best episode of the year. My my Hugh pick and my last Hugh pick of the day is Carnival of the Penguins from Thin Ice on the Intellivision, composed by George Sanger. So let's check it out. Okay, and this is Carnival of the Penguins from Thin Ice on the Intellivision. And I got to tell you, this was a really tough choice for me. It was uh, it was between this and Donkey Kong. Okay. Yeah, I didn't Donkey- really expect that you would pick this song. I, I, I was kind of surprised when I saw you pick it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know why. I just didn't think it was, you know, because it's kind of a short song, kind of an oddball. I, I for whatever reason, didn't think you would uh, you would pick it. It, it was very, it was very, it was almost Donkey Kong. But uh, the reason I chose it, I like, it's cute. It's cutesy. It's fun. It's... You know, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. And then there was also the whole saga of getting a copy of it. 
you know, so there's kind of a victory in, in getting this track. You recall the difficulty yeah. in getting... Yeah, okay. That's, I recall because there's not... You you did the heroic work of finding a clean copy or creating <laughs> a clean copy. Creating, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... No, it's just, it's a cute, fun track, and now I really want to go find this game and play it. So, um, is there anything you want to say about this before we go on to your final track of the episode? No, no, I mean, it's a, it's a fun track, and again, it's a kind of a historic piece because it's, a, I guess, the first paid music by a, a very well-known game composer. Yeah, right. It's a, it's a fun story. Uh, so is. for that episode, I picked the track called Cell from Bucky O'Hare on the NES. Um, hadn't even thought about this game at all before this episode. I was just looking at animal-themed games on the NES. Uh, fired up the, the NSF file for Bucky O'Hare and was like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And uh, the composer on that one is uh, Tomoko Sumiyama. Right, Bucky O'Hare, a game I didn't have much experience with, but you know, as I started looking into it, a lot of people really, really got into this. You know, really like the soundtrack. There's a, a few forum posts, some threads about how great the uh, soundtrack is, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess they they have a good point. Yeah, well, it's it's it. You had speculated in the, the previous episode that. You wondered if maybe Konami Club just created a pool of music and then they just picked a game to put it on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's still kind of my belief here. Well, it's very possible because it, it, this is so interchangeable with virtually any NES Konami game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the Kukeha Club is one of the best composing teams out there. Their music is magic, and so of course this this track is magic. Yeah, this was this. If it wasn't this, and it wasn't Donkey Kong, I'm sorry. If it wasn't uh, uh, the Nice, and it wasn't Donkey Kong, it would have been this one for me. Speaking of the question of runner-ups, you looking back through your history, look the your side of the year. Do you have any honorable mentions that you would have that you almost chose, or you would have chose if one of us didn't choose it? Oh, I, I should open up the notes now to figure it out. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I should have warned you that I was going to yeah, ask that. Was, yeah, no. I mean, some of the stuff you picked later on might have been my first pick, um, but most of these weren't really that tough for me to pick. I guess. I. I I had a clear favorite on most of these episodes, so... Okay. Okay. Like, I might yeah. have picked the JB Herald track you picked, because I like that one a lot. Okay. Okay. Stuff well, like that's that. good. I mean, there were a few, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, always, that, like I said, since the house music had a lot of tracks I liked, so there, there were definitely a few in there I could have also picked that I didn't like. You know, that we had a track from Twilight Princess that, that I liked a lot, and, and I think you, you added a Breath of the Wild track to that one mm -hmm. um, very hard to exclude those but you know you gotta gotta pick something sure sure well that that uh that overlap of selection is going to be much more prominent a feature in the back half of our episode We're, we ran to that a lot more with my tracks so is there anything you want to talk about before we before you uh we go into no, phase two no, of this let's episode move on. No, let's go on okay so we are we're going back in time maybe you know I don't know if I'll do this or not, but maybe I'll edit in that link to the past light world, dark world shift sound mm -hmm. <laughs> into the final production. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, yeah. So we're going back to, to C2E11. We're going back to the beginning of 2023. And now Hugh's up first. We're, yeah. What'd you oh, pick for? Pressure. Yeah. So back to the, this is the space episode, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm reading the teller, I'm like, wait, is this space or is it winter themed? It is space themed, of course. Uh, the track I picked is A Snow on the Moon from Fantavision on the PlayStation 2, and the composer is Ashif Hakik.
Alright, Snow on the Moon. This is such a relaxing, chill track. It is. Yes, I absolutely love it. And my favorite part is the kind of B, the B part where you're doing mm -hmm. those chords going down. You know, I'm not going to worry about like the, oh, this part right here, because then that's like a bunch of extra production work to sync it up. But the, the B part where you've got the <laughs> yes. kind of chords going down is easily my favorite part of the epi or every episode, God, my favorite part of the track. And uh, I had talked about there being a lot more overlap between your picks and mine. Mm -hmm. And it, you actually did me a tremendous favor with your selections because like on every single episode, there was like at least two, maybe three tracks that I was really torn between. And you almost without fit. I think the only one that's not, that's not true for is uh, escape artists. You it almost invariably picked one of my ones I was torn between. Okay. Making good. my choice a thousand times easier. <laughs> so yeah, this, this if if I had gone first on my own picks, this very likely would have been my pick from the episode. So, just a beautiful track. And yeah, someday, someday, pro probably on the channel one side, I'm I'm gonna just do something with Fantavision because we talk about that a lot. The we featured the music from the North American version. We featured music from the Japanese version. I gotta do something with the European version. I, that's the one version I haven't touched yet. So I gotta feature something from the European fan division. I will figure out a way to work it in. So, but since we're trying to not retread too much ground from what we said in the previous episodes, and since I can either stop talking about this track right now or talk about it for 10 more minutes, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. stop talking about it right now. We're gonna go to my first track of the St. John half, the, fir the first three-thirds John track of the episode today. It's uh, Space from Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. The composer is Kazufumi Umeda. Let's check it out.
And this is Space from Yoshi's Crafted World, and what a beautiful track. Mm-hmm. I, I almost picked this one, too. It was a debate. Uh, I love when that happens. Yeah. You know, I, I remember that happening, I think it was our first retrospective. It was your first, or, uh, yeah, it was, it was the episode where I chose your track from The Flash, and you chose the uh, Paper Mario track. And we yeah. concluded that had we picked in the opposite order, we would have still ended up with the same two tracks. So I love when that happens, and that's happened again here. You know, I uh, one thing I'm not going to talk about this at length, but one thing that had happened around the time that this ep- the original episode released is uh, Rob and Christy Nichols, the Nichols from Rhythm and Pixels, had just adopted a baby, and we ended up dedicating this track to them, and we still do. So uh, I've been I've been following a little bit what's going on, not closely, but not. Not closely, but, you know, it seems like things are going pretty well for them, and that makes me happy. And it's nice to get to kind of add that extra little bit of magic to this track. So, so we're still thinking of you, Nichols. I am ready to move on to the next episode, or next episode, though. This is, we're back to house music. We're back to Hugh's favorite yes, episode favorite of the year. Theme, yes, yes. And this was, this was, I, this was a, a really good track. I wish we knew the composer name. Um, it's just called Town 2 from rpg maker vx ace that's a a lot of things there (laughs) Uh, it's on pc but they do not credit the composer which is which is a shame uh this is a, a delightful little tune
Yeah, I like this song. I mean, it is maybe a little bit of like... It says town. It sounds more like a, a kind of peppy shop than a town, maybe, but... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could hear this going into like a candy shop or something or y yes, bakery or something. Yeah, it does seem a little overly lively for your generic RPG town, but it is it's it's a lot of fun. This is this is if if you hadn't picked it, it's, there's a very good chance I would have picked it. All right, so what did you pick from this episode? What did I pick? Oh, the probably the longest running track of the day. The longest track by runtime of the day. We are going to... Well, it's pretty I'm true. I'm looking at it right now. Is it? Um, uh, no, it's I not. So. No, Fantavision is longer. Yeah. Actually, okay, we have a couple... Okay, yeah, we have a couple there. So, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. It is Build Mode 4 from The Sims on the PC, composed by Jerry Martin and or Mark Russo. So, it's... Fire it up.
This is build mode four from The Sims on the PC. And you know, I, I, in the break we were talking, and I, you know, I think this might actually still be the longest track by single loop. This is not the longest sound file that we have, but I think those are all multiple loops. Okay, that that could be it then. Yeah, because I'm like the Alien Three track was like a minute longer, but that definitely has loops. Yes, just going through what we, you know, played already. I guess I'll find out in post. Maybe, maybe I'll add like a little, like in brackets next to the track and say, ah, I was right or ah, I was wrong. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if I want to expend the extra effort to do that. But I, I know I, I know I said this in the original episode, but this track is so much sentimental value for me. This is the, this is from the very early days of Jody and I's marriage and we're coming up on 25. Oh, wow. So yeah, well, we were really young. We were, I was... I was 19, she was 18. I was oh. a year out of high school. She was like two months out of high school. And, uh-huh. But somehow- I, I had a coworker in uh, Des Moines, right? Who uh, okay. is a couple years younger than me. And this okay. is a few years ago now. He mentioned he was uh, about to have his first grandkid. And, and at this point, I think he was like 39. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 38. And I'm like, grandkid? He's like, he's like yeah, Iowa. <laughs> this was his response. So we all get married at 18 here. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's not ubiquitous. That's, <laughs> I mean, obviously it happened with me, but mm-hmm. that's not that's not ubiquitous. It, it's uh, just a complete coincidence that two out of two people I know from Iowa got, got married at 18. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know more than two people from Iowa. I'm just, just having a little fun with your state. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, so this, you know, we made a ridiculously unwise financial purchase in October of 2020 and spent like $5,000 on a Mac and fixins. And this is one of the fixins. And, but it just scored that early part of our marriage when our, our, our adventure was just starting, which I like. So, well, so I think though that we can go back to our Movi GM episode. What did you pick? Oh, sorry. I was Googling average marriage age by state. Um, <laughs> I gotta open the notes again before I, I go back and no 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 go ahead and finish what you're doing no we'll, we'll do go. a big reveal after this song so okay all right, okay all right. um Cosmic Carnage a game that with a very very fun uh fun soundtrack uh Hakoshi Hashimoto is the composer and okay. this is called Xena Land Heavy.
right, 32x. And um, the first one I brought up here, sorry, Cosmic Carnage on 32x. <laughs> um, which what, what year did that come out? So it's ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. So I, I'm I was bringing up this this article of average marriage age by state, but it's not just doesn't have like columns you can sort. So it doesn't help. In Iowa, it says men twenty seven point four, women twenty five point eight. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Although there's going to be differences too between the city and the country. You know, which I. I really, there's so much baggage with our state that th that's a big part of why I bend over backwards to make a distinction between city and state. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's why when I'm talking to non-Iowans, I don't call myself an Iowan. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like to, uh, when, especially when talking about the city itself, when talking to, to non-Iowans about Des Moines, I feel like saying Iowa or Iowan just drapes another stock of cord over the skyline, whereas saying Des Moines or Des Moines or peels one away. And so I, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, uh, but I'm all about peeling them away. You know, and anyone who, no, no one saw the video, so no one saw my crazy hand gestures there as I was mimicking just throwing corn stalks behind me. So... Uh, but it looks but, okay. like it looks like the win wow. It depends on your definition of winner. The winner would be Utah. Okay. Average age for women twenty three point five. Average age for men twenty five point six. And on the other the other side, winner again depending on your defini definition of winner is Washington D.C. Average age for women twenty nine point eight. Average age for men thirty point six. <laughs> they wait a while. Yeah. Yeah, but I is, think it's it, like New York is the only one that even kind of comes close to that number. Illinois is kind of in the little bit on the older end. You know, um, Idaho is very close to Utah, though. Okay. Both geographically and in terms of, of marriage age, it looks like. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it, I'm noticing, I mean, just based on what little you've told me, I'm kind of noticing a pattern emerge. <laughs> it seems like. Seems like the redder the state, the earlier, and the bluer the state, the later. That's probably true. I'm, I'm sure I can find some exceptions here. Um, no, I mean, like, Ramsey's Rhode Island's pretty old. Oklahoma, uh, Dakota. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it might be, in, it's probably an urban versus rural thing. I mean, Washington, D.C. is only urban, right? There's right. no There's no cornfield part of Washington, D.C. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So it, it could be that, you know. But there's also it's 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 not perfectly true, but generally true that urban is more blue and rural is more red. So I think I think both our correlations are probably probably yeah yeah it could be. I I wish you could break this down by like city or country or something. I'd be or it's county or something whatever thing. Sure. Well, that's okay. So cosmic carnage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's get back to the regular show. So yeah, this is I like this track. Um, and, and there's. There aren't a ton of 32x games, so it's always nice when we can feature 32x music. Well, and as I highlighted uh, when we featured this track, so when, when we mentioned this track, and then this is the second Cosmic Carnage track we featured on Channel 2. From a sound design perspective, you know, the 32x did bring extra sound channels, but not every game used them. Uh, so from a sound design perspective, this is just bass genesis. And, uh, but it's... God, I love the soundtrack. This is one of my you know, imaginary top 25 list of soundtracks. This is probably on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it from... 
a raw music perspective, I love it from a sound design perspective, I love it from a hardware use, and from a nostalgia perspective. Because, you know, Christmas 94, we got the 32X, and this is one of the games we got for it. So, so yeah. Yeah, really, really great. And this was, like I said, this was the second track we featured from this soundtrack. This is also my second favorite track from this game. <laughs> Coincidence that, the, that my favorite is the other one we featured? Yeah, probably not. Okay, so we are... So for my track from this episode, we're going to take things in a very different direction musically. And also, you know, by now, listeners, you probably noticed that we've been all over the place musically. Because usually when we plan an episode, we try to try to have a basic flow to the music. But this is a trip through history, so there's going to be no flow at all. So our next track takes things in a tremendously different direction musically. It is the lo- it's the login screen music from the PlayStation 5 composed by Unknown. Okay, and this is the login screen from the PS5. And thanks to your little burst at the beginning about not finding a PS5, I don't have to worry about asking you that right now, which I had been planning yeah. on. <laughs> nope, have, have not bought one yet. Um, maybe. I, I, I hear you can 
theoretically buy one, but I, I haven't really made much of an effort yet. I, f I feel like if there's an extra effort to buy a system, I, I'm not going to do it. Mm. You know, my, my rule is, again, they're not sponsored by Target, but my rule is basically like, <laughs> if I can't walk into a Target and buy it, I'm not buying it. I wish I knew Target's slogan right off the top of my head. I would have said it as if we were... Uh, what is their slogan? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't... See, I, I, I know the... I know the Walmart one, but maybe I uh -huh. should have just said the Walmart Wait, what one. What is the Walmart like the extra slogan? Uh, always low prices, or that always? used to be there. That used to be theirs. I don't know. Always maybe it's low not prices. Their, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's not their slogan anymore. Maybe I, maybe that's twenty years ago, and I just never kept up. But so, please don't film TikToks in our store. I think is their slogan. <laughs> they need to put it in bolder font because no one's paying attention to that. I. I, you know, I when, when, one thing I said to the the guy the uh, the guys from Ames, uh, Adam and Elijah, because I'm like twice as old as those guys. Like if you add up their age, we were probably about the same age. But uh, we we were talking about social media, and I mentioned TikTok, and I said I actually created a TikTok for ADHD, which is crazy. I've never used a TikTok. I'm I'm not old enough for Life Alert, but I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, one thing I did mention about this track in the previous episode is how reminiscent it is to the Alan Parson Project song, Nucleus. And uh, there, it's, not, it's not spitting image, but there, the similarities are inescapable. So, you know, maybe, maybe at the end of the episode after the outtakes, maybe I'll include Nucleus. Uh, so the listeners can can hear for themselves at the barest minimum i'll include a link to a youtube video for nucleus in the show notes so that the curious can hear but i might actually just even put it in after the outtakes we'll see we'll see how brave i am okay you know because i know we're kind of playing chicken with spotify but I, you know maybe putting like like alan parsons project music in the episode is just a bridge too far i don't know we'll see that, that will definitely get, get kicked off yeah maybe so Okay, so let's go back to Escape Artists. What was your pick? Uh, let's see. I Oh, uh, wait, no, it's your pick. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden, Act 2, Part 1. Uh, Kenji ya Yamagishi, uh, Richi Nita, and or Ichiro uh, Nakagawa. This is a very, very fun track. I like this one a lot.
All right, Ninja Gaiden, a uh, game I probably never played past the first stage, but good soundtrack. Um, I, I understand the story's pretty good, but haven't, haven't really gotten that far into it. Mm-hmm. Never really mm-hmm. gotten into these games. I think I tried the Lynx version recently. Oh, interesting. Oh, but the Lynx version would be more like a downport of the arcade, though, right? It, it is, yeah. Be... It's like the arcade yeah. version. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. Actually have a, I actually have a physical copy of that of all crazy things. Oh, that's wonderful. I actually had a chance to play some new Lynx games, be- not on an actual Lynx, so uh, I bought Atari 50 on the oh, Steam yeah. Deck. Oh, yeah. I have like, that. Yeah, that's a great collection. It's a fantastic collection. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how bad the Jaguar games they have on there, except for Tempest 2000. Well, I didn't play that kart racing game. Is that any good? No. But they be, uh, don't they have Alien vs. Predator on there? Uh, I didn't see it, no. I okay, don't think you keep so. recording. Hold on. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> so, he, so listeners, he was actually getting up and walking across the room <laughs> to say... Oh. Okay. Yeah. So you're still there, okay. right? Yeah. Hold yeah. I, I was just giving the play-by-play of you walking across the room and grabbing. I gotta see. Hold on. I might not even have it in. Oh okay. no! I have Pac-Man collection in my. I have two switches, and one of them. This is, I know this sounds like a first-world problem. Um, one of them is where I have like arcade games. The other is where I have like RPGs. Oh yeah, because one of them is a, a light. One of them's a light, yeah. Well, let me find the case for this light and uh, put an Atari 50. Why don't okay. you uh, intro the next song? Wait, is yeah. it my pick? No, it it's, pick? it's, yeah, it's my turn. Uh, so okay. when you come back, we'll be hearing a different piece. Okay. So while Hugh goes and conducts research, why don't we go ahead and hear Escape Theme from Metroid on the NES, composed by Hirokazu Hiptonica. Thank you. 
Okay, and this is uh, escape theme from Metroid. And we are still in the process of researching whether or not Alien vs. Predator is in Atari 50. On the Switch specifically, I suppose. Just because I it's I had to like update the Switch and do all the stuff that you got to do before you can play a modern game system. I mean, again, I, I mentioned not having a PlayStation 5, but like if I want to play a new PlayStation 4 game, like let's say... Man, Friday night, I don't have any plans. I'm going to start a new PlayStation 4 game. I mm -hmm. literally begin the process of, of playing that game on Wednesday because I'm going to put the CD in and it's going to tell me I got to update the PlayStation. And it's, so I got to update the game. And then I might have to update the PlayStation again. And I might have to update the game again. And maybe after two days of running updates, I might be able to play the game on Friday. That's so funny. <laughs> maybe. Alright, so let's see. I have this sorted, I think, by release date? No, I don't. By platform. Why did I sort it that way? Alright, so I'm still scrolling. I know this is really okay. Links. Atari Jaguar, we got. Um, yeah, you're right. It's not on there. I thought for sure it was. What a yeah, weird I, game to not put on there. Probably a licensing yeah. thing. Well, probably a licensing thing, exactly. And I, uh, while I, while you were doing that, I was googling, and uh, I just looked Alien vs. Predator Atari Fifty, and there was a GameFAQ thread that says adding Alien vs. Predator through file manipulation. Oh, uh, okay. So what we what we got? If you if you bought Atari Fifty, you got Atari Karts, which is kind of their Mario Kart knockoff. Mm -hmm. Club Drive, which is like a tech demo. It's completely awful. Um, Cyber Morph is okay. It's a it's a polygonal shooter uh dino dudes is like uh humans or lemmings if i recall mm -hmm. uh, fight for life is one of the five worst games i've played in my entire life <laughs> yes no seriously miserable miserable fighting game yeah, uh, yeah missile command 3d i haven't played it's probably all right uh ruiner pinball is okay mm -hmm. that, that's fine uh tempest 2000 is, is like a masterpiece game one of the probably the best jaguar game um sure. but really just just an outstanding game overall Sure. And then uh, Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy, which is, yeah, it's an okay shooter. Um, I know I'm not a selling Atari 50 well, but I, I assure you there are some really, really good games on here. It's, it's a yes. very well-made collection and yes. completely worth it. And even outside the games, the whole history of Atari thing is so well done. Yeah. You know, just probably a few hours of video footage interviewing famous people about major milestone moments it's very good it's i i do not regret playing it or buying it and then you also have those games the new ones you know the the remaster or the like yars revenge remaster is really good yeah. the new game they have that's kind of a base based off combat and stuff is i spent i wasted like four hours on that game I mean, it was just really really good the game is practically worth it for that game alone so yeah it's really really well done yeah, so here they added Super Football, it looks like, or some of the sports games they added. Okay. That, that they didn't have before. Okay. And then I must already have the update on my Steam version, because I have all those games. Yeah, so. it, came, it came in like the past week. Like Adventure 2 was on here. Super Football, I have not played, but it's a... Looks like it's a five-on-five five football game. I don't really know what I'm doing in it. All right, let's go on to the last episode. Well, I'm going to turn off Atari 50. Yes, we are three tracks away from the end of the episode. We are going back to Animal Planet, which, as I had mentioned earlier, is my favorite episode of the year. 
And what is your what is your me pick from this final episode? Uh, from the final episode, I picked oh yes, a game that I one that I thought was an RPG soundtrack, Fishing mm-hmm. for Sema from the game uh, Suri Taro, probably mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on Super Famicom composer uh, Katsuhiro Hayashi. is surprisingly a fishing game and not an RPG. I know I've said that a lot, but that that's what's really... I heard this, I'm just like, oh, it's an RPG town. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, and I said, I it reminds me of Hunter's Repose from Mario Senki Madara too. And l- listen, if there's one track in this entire episode that pained me to not be able to pick, it was mm-hmm. this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we, we, you know, we talk about that hypothetical, theoretical top 50 tracks of all time for me, and this is on that imaginary list okay uh, i just this is this is so magic i love i adore every second of this track wow it, okay it actually makes me ache a little this track it's so beautiful in my opinion uh no it's a good so, pick i like it yeah i mean i don't think i'll ever play this game because i'm not huge into fishing games um mm-hmm. it's sort of weird you know fishing i don't Fishing and golf. Like, I don't like playing golf. I, I will never in my life play a game of golf, I suppose. Um, okay. But I do enjoy golf video games. Okay, yeah. You know, it, fishing is... Um, again, I will never go fishing in my entire life, and I don't like the games. So it's... 
I, I never got into fishing. I, I did it a handful of times as a teenager. I, I think I've caught exactly two fish and only one of them was alive. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a story we probably won't get into. But yeah, uh, yeah, golf, I went, I've went. i gone golfing, I think, three times and I totally see the potential. I totally see the potential for it being a magical, beautiful thing. But the, the problem is, is I always, I slice so far left, you know, like I just shoot that thing right off into the rush. Uh, but it was a chance to be out in a beautiful, quiet place with, with my brother and uh, sh- do a. I almost said share a cigar. We we each had our. Let's be clear. We each had separate cigars. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. So I don't know. I, I very much doubt the golf bug will bite, but I think the fishing bug certainly won't. I just, you know, teach their own. I'm not gonna, you know. But I don't see the value in distressing an animal for you know just for yucks and then throwing it back yeah i like the idea of you know if, you, if you're gonna fish and it's it's because you're uh, gonna cook it I'm, I'm all for that i think that seems you know people got to eat right i mean you've been doing that for hundred thousand years or whatever so I don't, I don't really have an objection to that yeah no right yeah well i don't have an objection to it i for me it'd be hard i I always said that if I if I meet it, I can't eat it. You know, like I, like I'm not a vegetarian. I eat meat all the time, but it's got to come in a package, a processed package in the store. It's got it's kind of like meat for me is kind of like a glorified vegetable. You know right. what I mean? So like, I don't. I mean, I know that our our society has survived on people killing animals and cooking animals. I don't have a moral objection to that. I don't have an objection to that, but I just, I don't think that I could bring myself to do it. Yeah, yeah, under the right circumstances, of course. But, well, you know. desperation. Yeah. <laughs> but when you have a grocery store down the street that has those packages, those plastic wrap packages of meat, there's no desperation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, so, so, well, I owe my life to the people who are okay with doing that, though, because if it weren't for them, there wouldn't be those pretty packages in the store. So, so we are, you know what? I just realized something, Hugh. I just realized this is actually your last selection of the episode. It is, yeah. yeah. Because both the next ones are, both the last two are mine. Uh, and let's get to, let's get to my, penul- let's get to the penultimate one. My selection from C2E15 is Hanging Waters from Echo Defender of the Future on the Dreamcast, composed by Tim Fallen. So let's check it out.
Okay, and this is Hanging Waters. This is a closer second for me than I. it might have sounded when we were talking about the Suri Taro track. Because, yeah, okay, in a vacuum, I totally would have picked Suri Taro. But this is a really... I, this, might, this track might be on that theoretical top 52. It's such a beautiful track. What would have been your runner-up from this episode? Oh, no, I gotta look at the notes again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep doing that to you. Uh, do, we, do I still have the notes here in Google the Google Drive? Yeah, you should. Because it was well, the that's last okay. one we recorded, right? It was the last one, yeah. Wait, and what did we call that? Animal C2 Planet. If, yeah, if I call it like C2E15, maybe? Yeah, C2E15, yeah. C2E15. Uh, my backup, probably... Hold on, looking here. Probably Donkey Kong Country. Okay. Tropical Freeze, Windmill Hills. Um, TNC Surf Design 2 was another one I liked a lot. Okay. But, which was, I liked it as a closing track. So if I, if I had to pick the closing track for this episode, I might have picked differently because that, that is a good closer. So um, the my runner-ups would have... Well... Shoot. I can't say that without spoiling what our closing track is. Uh, I will say that our closing track, anyone looking at the show notes already knows, but our closing track will be one or the other of the following. Uh, my runner-ups would have been uh, Spring Guard Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog or Woody Land from Mr. Nuts. It would have been one of those. Okay. So, because those are both really great tracks. So, why don't we go ahead... Is there anything you want to say about this track before we get to our end loop? No, no, I mean, we... I would say, like, all the Echo soundtracks could be featured at some point. Sure, yeah, they're fantastic. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. Well, so, let's do our typical end-of-show stuff. Uh, first up, you do other, you do another show and a few other projects. Why don't you... Remind yeah, most I mean, of I, I got my I got my little website that I guess you can find by googling Splash Lake. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't didn't I do zero SEO work. Like I've never I don't do Google Analytics. I don't so however it ended up being number two. I guess that's how it ended up. So you, I post random stuff on there. I'm gonna do at least one more holiday feature, and then I I tend to post a bunch of stuff in like January February when there's nothing better to do. Mm -hmm. So I might have some new articles this year, or next, well, 2024, whatever year you're listening to this to. And then, yeah, uh, Retro Game Club Podcast. We talk about, uh, you know, more technical kind of things, you know, ROM hacks. And um, I think we're talking, like I'm looking at the notes for our next episode. We're going to be doing, um, talking about the annual NHL 94 ROM hack. <laughs> okay. Super, super fascinating for me. <laughs> you know super interesting topic for me um th there's a fan community that every year updates nhl 94 to have the current rosters oh neat okay okay you know so it's um kind of kind of a fun fun thing to look at okay cool cool yeah i love i love the techie bent of uh, Retro Game Club. It's there, but it's not so overwhelming. I mean, you guys, I know I've said this before. I've said this uh, at least seven or eight times before. 
You guys, whatever that magic formula is between being techy enough to be cool to the nerds, but not so techy that it's off-putting, you guys have found that. Yeah. And I love that. So anyone in, within the sound of my voice who's not heard Retro Game Club, please do that. Yeah, I think the next episode we talk about the Evercade a lot too. I'm kind of, sometimes I don't look at the notes ahead of time sometimes. And we, we put a question out to listeners about experience with the Evercade systems. And shockingly, we got a lot of feedback. I guess people really like the Evercade. I I haven't looked at one seriously, so. I have one. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got it with three games and big dreams that we'd keep buying more games. We haven't bought any more games, but I still I still enjoy it. I, it's a neat presentation. It's a comfortable system. The screen isn't very good, but that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, the car- it's kind of fun to have a cartridge again. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I know the Switch has you know what is essentially a cartridge, but you know it's still a neat little setup. All right. One other thing I'll say about Retro Game Club for the listeners is if, you, if you've if you heard Hugh on Nerd Noise Radio, you've heard Hugh on Retro Game Club. You are the exact same dude on both shows. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I only have one personality. So. <laughs> no, I, I I admire that, actually. Yeah. You know? So you you know what you get with Hugh, and it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> so I love that. So what's... Let's see. With Nerd Noise Radio, we've got, we've got uh, the best of... Chan- or best of 2023 coming on the channel one side uh, I am very close to having my 50 done I I, I saw that you've been working on yours uh, but look yeah like I started and then I I have like six projects going right now and work so I kind of was like oh I, I got to get back to that I, I agree well if okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it a point to have mine done in December if you if we if yours runs into January that's not the end of the world uh, yeah I'll see you I'll play one night I'll just binge it Okay, okay, okay. Well, you, listeners, anyway, even even if we have to run into January on Hughes, uh, you still can probably expect two of them. So be on the lookout for that. I'm I, I've I've got my fifty identified. I just have to put them in run order and then produce it and then you know blah blah blah. So, but just in case, so just in case there's new faces in the crowd, uh, you've heard Channel Two. Uh, it's this is a little different than a typical Channel Two, but it's close enough that you get the idea. Uh, Channel One is a completely different kind of show. I, I I know I say this a thousand times, but it literally is my goal for two shows on a common subject with a common host and common production techniques to be as unlike each other as possible. You know, I don't know. It's kind of like one is my Darth Vader impersonation and one's my Gilbert Gottfried impersonation. I don't know. That's a terrible metaphor, but I really just don't want. I want the two to be as unlike each other as possible. So. Uh, channel one, it's you know this this is like a podcast. You know this is like like two people talking tracks or sharing tracks and talking about them. Channel one is like your best poor man's attempt at a radio music program mm-hmm. with this big uninterrupted chunk of music designed to take you on a journey and then radio esque intro and outros bookending them. So you will be able to hear one of those pretty soon, at least with my best of 2023. So be on the lookout for that, uh, and then. I don't even know. I mean, we've got a couple pl- episodes planned for 2024 on the Channel 2 side, but other than your customary Mishmash Monday and Two for Tuesday episodes, I don't know that I have any plans for Channel 1 for 2024. So, you know, I'm going to have to scramble on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other thing I, I have on the horizon, is, and I don't know when we're going to do this, but I am going to be guesting 
at this point, it might not be till 2024. I don't know. Uh, but I'm going to be guesting on Rage Cage's VG Emporium. You know, he guested on Nerd Noise Radio in 2023, and we were talking about returning the favor, and it sounds like we're going to make it happen. So be on the lookout for that. And and that's it. Uh, well, be on the lookout for something, something ADHD too. I, 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 I resolved to do at least one video, you know. Maybe I won't do two, but I'm going to do one. And all that's left to do is talk about our closing track. And I had mentioned it was either going to be Sonic the Hedgehog or Mr. Nuts. So big spoiler reveal. It's Spring Yard Zone from Sonic the Hedgehog on the Genesis composed by Masato Nakamura. Hugh, this has been a really great year for the show. I really think that we did a fantastic job in 2023. And as always, I am tremendously honored to do this with you of all yeah. people. So Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a been a fun year and I don't know what what next year is. You know, we have a couple ideas we talked about, but um we, we got a few months to figure it out. Well, a few weeks, I guess. <laughs> a few weeks. Well, do the do us the honor of closing us out this year. Okay, so wait, wait I got to intro the track. Oh no, I, cl- I closed no, the notes. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> see, I closed I might, the notes because I'm like, oh, it's, it's John's going to do the last track. So he's, yeah, he's no, 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 uh, notes. no. I have too many tabs open, and it, <laughs> both and literally and metaphorically. Uh, but yeah, no. Th- thanks for listening. This has been a fun year. Um, again, check out you know the other podcasts, and uh, thanks for listening.
Yeah, so this is your second or third time? Third, okay. I am still at zero. But this is this is all part of the you know when I write a sitcom about about my life, this will be on there. Test one two, test one two. Okay. God. Yeah, my mic level looks low on Audacity. Um but every time I try and adjust it, it something readjusts it back down and I don't know why. So hopefully my mic level is not too low. You sound um, fine to me. Yeah, but I'm saying on Audacity, I don't look fine to me. Oh, I see. And I need to zoom in. Nope, even if I zoom in, I look low. I look really, really low on Audacity. Well, I can probably, um, I can probably just, just adjust it's that in post. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's probably, it's probably something I can work with in post. I mean, are we talking like, like ridiculously low? Like it's barely no, registering it at looks, all? It just looks low to me, and I could just be off. You know, okay. I, I might just be zoomed out wrong or something. Um, I don't want captions to, but hey, we have this backup copy where we will. Uh, th th this will have a, a good copy of my audio too, I'm sure. All right. <coughs> oh, God, I hope I don't cough all the time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. You it know, could Tom be Brady has a lot of that too, where it's like, I'm not going to ever eat bread again. <laughs> and it's like, okay, if you have a slice of bread, it's not like your arm's going to fall off or something, right? I am unplugging it. That is the Google Home that's just piping up, so I'm going to unplug it. Oh, by the way, what do you think of my teletype, uh, teletype Christmas sweater? It's good. I like it. Yeah. It's your turn to do the You Are Tuned to NerdNoise Radio Channel 2, though. Oh, crap. Okay. You are tuned to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. Perfect. Okay. So let's go ahead and click it in. Uh, three, two, one. Okay, we're missing The Dig. We're missing Shenmue 2. We're missing JB Herald. And then we're missing uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. All right. So let's see. JB Herald is. Oh, not, not James Patterson. God, Atari. Why did you screw the site up? Here, you do your tracks, I'll do mine, because okay, uh, I've got okay, missing yeah. ones, too. Okay. Uh, Moby Games. Um, why can't I not find anything all of a sudden? You know what? I'll just, uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll open the notes from that episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm bad at finding stuff right now. Well, it's because we're racing, and... This is 1,000% me. If the, when I'm uh, under pressure, it's like throwing the engine in neutral and then putting a brick on the gas pedal. I just rev uselessly. So, okay, asteroid core, here we go. Michael Z. Land. Got it. He has a huge list of composers for Shenmue 2, that's right. That could be why it's out in there, because there's like a mile-long list of composers, and you have to figure out which one actually did a particular track. I'd say just copy paste the whole thing in and I'll just read it on the backside when we get to that track. Um, it's going to be a lot of names. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I can handle it. Uh, so, JP Herald. Yep, I was right. Okay, here we go. Um, 
bunch of people here. Are you hearing that distortion? That was me typing loudly. Okay. All right. Um, that's okay. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, click it in. All right, three, two, one. Okay. Wait, which, uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who's controlling it. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to go. We're, we'll have the person who picked it for this episode intro it. Okay, so that's you. Yeah, that's me. Okay. okay. All right, so three, two, one. Okay, so I picked uh, Alien 3, uh, a song just called Track 4 by Matt Furness, and I believe this is the Game Gear version of the game. Okay. And uh, so let's go ahead. Here, go ahead and take us into it real quick, and I'll edit this all together. Okay, and here it is. All right, cool. All right, three, two, one. Okay, so that would be... H picks C2E11, right? Yes. Okay, so I picked uh, Alien 3, uh, a song just called Track 4 by Matt Furness. Okay, all right, three, two, one. And this one's definitely PC88. Yeah, yeah, this one is, yeah. Um, I tried to get the NES version, and it just didn't sound right. Okay. Because that's the version I played, but Mm. I went with this one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad I just threw out the name Faxandu like I knew what I was talking about. Now I actually yeah. learned something. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to edit that cough out. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're COVID there. Yeah, okay. So, 999 on the Nintendo DS, composed by Shinji, oh, geez, uh, Shinji Hosoi. Let's check it out. All right, three, two, one. Oh, we're supposed to leave back in, aren't I? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's my fault. Okay. All right. Bucky O'Hare. The version I have is only 342. You know what? Um, I think Do you actually is... open the 30, the long mixes that you make? No, I've got the, I've got the, sh- I'm running the short ones too. Huh. Okay. I'm going to bring it in. Uh, I figured I'd wait till you came back before oh. I brought the track in. Okay. So uh, let's you here. Let's click it in together. Uh, three, two, one. I, I had introduced the track, so the listeners are are hearing the track now. But they're hearing the track. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I got to update Atari Fifty, anyways. There's a there's a update with new games. Yeah, maybe I don't have that yet. Maybe it's in the update. No, I think it's, I've never done the update. That's the problem. I think it's part of the main. I thought for sure it was on here. Hold on could be totally off all right go ahead and lead us back in okay all right i will when the track loops uh so we have a natural kind of good loop (sighs) hold on it's not not logged into the nintendo network and it's not let me start the game and There we go. Okay, and this is uh, Escape Theme from Metroid. And we are still in the process of researching whether or not Alien vs. Predator is in Atari 50. 